Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a bi-weekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser. And I'm Dustin Williams. And we are both full-time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And in the spirit of the holiday season, <laughs> today we are going to analyze some of the most widely known and consumed songs of all time. Christmas songs! Ding oh, yeah, dong, dude. ding dong, ding dong, <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know them, you love them, uh, and adore them, or you may hate them with a fiery passion. <laughs> but regardless of how you feel about these songs, uh, they come around every single year. Um, so we want to dive into the factors that make them so beloved and timeless and musically identifiable. Yeah, they have a sound. Most mm -hmm. Christmas songs are kind of the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a just, lot of the same instrumentation. And... Yeah, for sure. Um, so I kind of wanted to start this episode kind of with a historical setting because I think that's really important as mm -hmm. to what we know as Americans as Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, and the more I actually dove into this, the more interesting it kind of became. So I wanted to share it with everybody. So um, my main question was like, why do people care about Christmas? <laughs> like, where did this come <laughs> from? Like, why do we listen to the same stuff every year? Why do we do the same thing every year? So Christmas was actually a um, originally a pre-Christian pagan festival, like a winter solstice festival. Mm -hmm. And it kind of evolutionized into basically what we know as Christmas today in the Victorian era, which I honestly don't know. I don't Sorry, know if that's just, the word. <laughs> that's a very George, went an, George Bush thing to say. It went, hey, man, it didn't tell me it wasn't a word. So. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Well, evolutionized. evolutionized. <laughs> Shut up. Don't Give me a tackle. <laughs> Sorry. Can't, can't, never could tell me. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really know a lot of music from the Victorian era. I'm not going to lie. Mm, yeah, me um, But apparently Christmas kind of became commercial during that time. So yes. like, or I guess this was the romantic era. I really don't know. But in the 1840s, uh, when Christmas cards became a thing, that's what they consider like commercialism. I think it, I think it's it maybe romantic into Victorian. And the only reason I, I jump in with that is because I listened to a podcast very recently that was talking about um, Christmas stuff in general. But a lot of it had to do with Christmas cards and how the the hallmarks were or sorry, the halls. Um, were the the ones to kind of commercialize Christmas cards and how their popularity grew, you know, throughout that Victorian era. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. I'm not going to like pretend that I remember all the details of the story. So, you know, if if you're interested in that kind of thing, go check out the podcast Schmanners um, <laughs> with uh, Travis McElroy and uh, his wife, Teresa McElroy. Um, the McElroys in general are just like, my favorite podcasters, but that's like one of their side podcasts. Um, nice. And it's, it's a really interesting, uh, series, but yeah, that Christmas one is, is particularly interesting. But yeah, anyway. for sure. I mean, no, I mean, that's great. And the Christmas that I'm the most familiar with though, and probably most people, um, kind of started like at the end of world war two, 
Um, and I just mean that in terms of like croony, like Bing Martin or, or sorry, Dean Martin, Bing Crosby, that kind of thing. Um, did you say Bing Martin? I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, old Bing Martin. No, no Dean Martin. Martin. I know yeah, I combined yeah. them. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> My favorite Christmas artist, Bing Martin. Bing Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That's so but funny. But yeah, I mean, so I think a big part of this, and this was just kind of my take on it. I actually mm-hmm. didn't read this anywhere, but I've done enough research into kind of America in general. Mm-hmm. It probably had a lot to do with like that conservative Christian evangelical movement that happened during that time. You know, like you get the fifties roles going, the men work, the women have babies and take care of the house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all these conservative views are quote unquote supported by the Bible. And it just becomes like a a widespread (laughs) phenomenon. All food is stuffed in (laughs) jello. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it's, it's just kind of that kind of, to me is where Christmas, at least the Christmas we're talking about today kind of starts. Totally. Um, And one thing really stood out to me too, um, you know, fifties, late forties, fifties, Christmas songs really avoided what was kind of going on even into the sixties. And that was like civil rights. Mm -hmm. You really didn't hear any like African-Americans singing Christmas songs on the radio until like the sixties. Um, and even then it was fairly rare. Like in Mm -hmm. 1960, um, Nat King Cole released his Christmas album, which was called the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that was where it really like started because that album was huge with white audiences. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Like think about it, like the Christmas song, chestnuts roasting on an open right. fire. Like that really was kind of like open the door um, to me. I, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. Um, but then also Charles Brown, that same year release, please come home for Christmas, which was later done by the Eagles. Everybody knows the Eagles version. Bells will be ringing you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then I did research this. So the first African-American woman singing Christmas songs on pop radio was Eartha Kitt with Santa Mm. Baby. Um, And then I just wanted to do an honorable mention for Otis Redding's Merry Christmas Baby during that same time, because that was just a huge Christmas hit. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. You really didn't get a lot of African-American coverage on Christmas radio. So I just wanted to throw those in there um, because unfortunately a lot of Christmas is based in jazz, which is an African-American based music. Mm -hmm. And then African-Americans weren't able to sing it on radio. So, which is fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, actually another, another one too. um, I don't, I don't know what year it came out, but I want to say it's, it's probably the sixties based on the sound, maybe the um, Mm seventies. And maybe you mention it. Um, maybe you'll be mentioning it later, but, um, kind of a close second of favorite Christmas songs for me. And we'll talk about those later, but, um, is, uh, this Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Oh um, yeah. That baseline mm-hmm. is legendary. Uh, I think it was played on the, on the fender, um, the bass roads or, or something like that. Um, and it sounds like an up, like, a um, a P bass, like it sounds really, really, really close. Uh, and it's such a great baseline. Um, it's got such a great groove. And also another honorable mention, maybe Jackson fives, um, the Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, mm-hmm. the baseline on that is just, yeah. so I think, I mean, I don't know for sure. Those are probably both seventies, ah. um, which definitely was like a turning point for just culture in general. 
So I think um, that's when Christmas music kind of got away from, you know, kind of the jazz necessarily and kind of got into more popular styles. Motown and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's definitely from that time period, which is kind of what I guess would be considered traditional Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. um, They kind of set the stage for everything after it (laughs) yeah for the most part i mean there are exceptions and we're going to talk about a few of those but i think for me let's start with like a lyrical analysis okay because that's something that um i think everybody can kind of get on board with sure um so to me christmas songs are nostalgic for a time that never existed (laughs) (laughs) Not for most people anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So here's a great example. So my Mm -hmm. favorite Christmas song is White Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, which I actually found out is the top selling Christmas song of all time. Really? Bing Crosby Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Bing Martin's top Christmas song, Um, which I think later I'll kind of tell musically why I think that is. But I think this is a great example of kind of lyrically what I'm talking about. So white Christmas, I am a white girl from Georgia and when it snows here, it's usually brown. So like I have never (laughs) even had a white Christmas, but I just love this song so much um, because it makes me feel nostalgic. Like I don't even know why, but like think about, you know, the lyrics. So like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the one I used to know. Mm -hmm. So not only is it present, you're dreaming of something but then it kind of takes you back to something that you remember from yesteryear, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. it kind of sets the stage in the first line for nostalgia. And like, I've always just been like, Oh yeah, I've always dreamed of a white Christmas too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think that that's just a great example of, you know, kind of what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, And then, you know, there's so many examples, but I kind of like had a few that came to mind. So like, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It talks about troubles being miles away. Um, Here we are as in olden days, (laughs) happy golden days of yore. Like it Mm. automatically takes you back to what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's something that really never happened. Like, let's be yeah. honest for most adults, Christmas is not super fun, but these yeah. Christmas songs yeah. kind of make it, make you feel like, well, remember when it used to be fun? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, um, that these songs do that lyrically and they're also optimistic you know like um wham's last christmas even though that's a much newer song mm-hmm. it's still like an optimistic view like last christmas you you know stole my heart or messed me up or whatever i don't remember the exact words but then he's I like think it's yeah last christmas i gave you my heart uh some, the very uh, next day, day gave it away yeah 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 there it is yep yeah but then you know this year i'm giving it to someone special yeah So it's kind of like an optimistic, like, this is going to be my year. Like you're hoping that the narrator wins, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, Totally. So, um, and then you were talking about, um, even like, um, what was it? Nat King Cole's Christmas song. Like, it's the same thing. Like tiny tots with their eyes 
all aglow. Mm-hmm. It talks about like the magic of Santa. Right, <laughs> like, right. That's a great example of a jazz arrangement yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of very harmonically complex, but the lyrics are kind of the same thing. Like, you know, it's all nostalgic. Um, you know, it kind of sets in the first line, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. It kind of sets the mood of like peace and everything is perfect. And you know what I mean? Like you can kind mm-hmm. of imagine the stage, of, you know, where they're, where they're at. Um, and then the last one I thought of was it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas um, because one of the lines in that, which I know the version by Frank Sinatra. I don't know if he was the originator of that song. I'm assuming probably not. Probably I don't not, think yeah. most of them wrote songs at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, that line, like the thing that'll make them ring is the care. Well, that just sing right within yep. your heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, very bouncy for me. Yeah. But also like just lyrically, like, you know, it talks about like your heart is what makes it Christmas feel like Christmas. Right. You know, like it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think that that's very interesting. Most really successful Christmas songs. I feel kind of fallen to that. Um, at least a lot of them for sure. Um, what is your kind of opinion on that? Like nostalgic, Um, you know, like, do you think that obviously it's not a like hard set rule that Christmas lyrics have to be nostalgic, but do you think that, um, Christmas songs that are nostalgic kind of have a better chance at becoming like pop culture? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, you know, for most people, like you said, especially adults, you know, I mean, there are some adults who are a lot more excited about Christmas than others. Um, but I think for, for most of us, like it becomes like this time of year is stressful for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, for work, for a lot of people, it means like a bunch of deadlines have to be met. And so there's a bunch of stuff that's piled on last minute. Um, you know, I know for me personally, like I've, I've had some, um, pretty tough emotional, um, experiences over the last couple of years around this time of year. So like before that uh, Christmas was maybe a little bit uh, more warm for me, but honestly it's really within the past couple of years where it's become a little like, all right, this time of year comes around. How am I gonna, how am I going to handle it? You know? Um, yeah. And, but I'm not, I know I'm not alone in that. And, and honestly that it is, I would say very common, um, you know, and because it's also that time of year where you start to think about like the people that aren't with you anymore, um, right. you know, and so these, these happy colors and, and, you know, upbeat melodies and stuff kind of, um, you know, I think for some people they can kind of be off-putting. Um, I know that's, it's sort of, I guess for me, what is the case? Like we're at like my, my favorite Christmas songs, which again, we'll talk about those later, but mine i i think tend to naturally have like a, a bit of a mixed bag of melancholy and like optimism um and i tend to lean more towards the instrumental stuff um mm-hmm. but you know i mean uh like white christmas is a great classic as you said earlier um nat king cole has an amazing voice so i just love listening to to him um and his phrasing and and um 
timing when he sings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think the stuff that really sticks around is the stuff that does have nostalgia because even if like you might be a little grinchy as you get older, um, you know, there is that hint of like childlike, um, wonder and, uh, the feeling of like, everything's going to be okay. Um, you know, cause I think it's that one time a year for kids besides like summer vacation and depending on where you are in the world and the, in, in the U S or whatever, um, Christmas for most people, I think is like, Oh, okay. It's a time for gifts. It's a time for family and good food. And I'm off school and I don't have, you know, all this work I have to do. I can just kind of enjoy being alive. Um, you know, and I think that's something we all, <laughs> we all miss <laughs> once we right. hit adulthood, you know? And, right. and those things just don't happen um, the same way they used to anyway. So, yeah, not to be long-winded there, but yes, to, to answer your question, I No, agree. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what I was wondering. So did you guys do, like, Santa Claus when you were little? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. I think that that, um, which actually is a thing, um, kind of a statistic that I found. Mm. I'll go ahead and say it. So, um there was a study that I read in mm -hmm. preparation for this episode. Mm. Um, it was done by a professor at Berkeley College of Music named Joe Bennett. He's actually mm -hmm. a musicologist. And he basically took 200, uh, the top 200 songs on the UK charts mm -hmm. and for the month of December and 78 of them were Christmas songs. And so he kind of like did the study based around that. Mm -hmm. And, um, he said that, you know, there were nine lyrical themes and one of them that was very popular was Santa. Oh, yeah. Um, but Makes then there sense. was also home, like family, open fires, gifts, coming home for Christmas, mm -hmm. love, obviously lost love mm. was another one. Yep. Um, kind of a Christmas party, snow, um, religion was obviously a huge part of that, which makes sense. Um, and then instrumental with no lyrics. And the last was, um, peace on earth, oh, um, okay. which kind of, to me kind of ties in with the religion, but I can kind of get where he kind of separated those out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely like there are tropes for sure. Like that kind of go into it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think like, like a realistic Christmas song about how most adults feel probably would be the saddest song ever. Um, one that comes to mind would be Joni Mitchell's river. Mm. I um, can't say I know that one super well, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I mean, if you like Joni Mitchell, it's kind of, you know, like all over yeah. the place, like all of her songs are. <laughs> yeah, very, very jumping melodies. I, I'm yes. sure my mom knows that she's a big Joni fan. Oh, for sure. So it was on the Blue album, which mm. is like her best-selling album. So okay. a, a lot of people, if you know Joni Mitchell, you'll definitely kind of know it. Mm -hmm. um, but the the words are basically, it's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees, putting up reindeer and talking songs of peace. I wish I had a uh, river I could skate away on. Um, you know, th that sounds a little familiar. Yeah, I'm sure so it's it. more of like a, you know, it don't really snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm going to make oh, a it's lot that of money one. and I'm going to quit this crazy scene. Oh, I wish I had a river I could mm. skate away on. Don't yep. flag this. 
I just want <laughs> no copyright. Like yeah, um, this is an educational. <laughs> right, right. Fair use, fair use. Right. Um, no, I, I do know that song now that you've sang it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah okay, but it's not sure. a Christmas hit that most people listen to because it's mm-hmm. real. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, people so, aren't ready for um, that shit. <laughs> but if you do want to listen to a Christmas song that's kind of a real take, and you have not heard that song, do check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that songs that are kind of in that genre are going to be pop culture for this time of year, just because people kind of try to avoid that feeling yeah, right. <laughs> as much as possible. Um, but there are like other types of Christmas songs that I think stand out. And I'm going to give a shout out to Rankin Bass for kind of making this category, like all okay. of those cartoons, those claymations, Oh, like Santa Claus is yep. coming to town and Rudolph and Frosty and <laughs> You know, Uh all of those kind of things. Um, That was genius because people watch them every year. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, the songs from those movies are just as big as the movies are. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but there's also like just Christmas songs that are for for pure entertainment. Um, Like I kind of found some and they were actually older than I thought they were. But like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. (laughs) All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. And I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, which was actually not. Um, I figured that it wasn't originally by the Jackson five, but it came out in 1952, which I was shocked about. That seems way older than I would have thought. Yeah. Well, I, um, I also, I knew that only again, because the same podcast that I mentioned also had an episode about Santa um, mm. and the history of Santa. And they talked about that and how like a lot of people miss understand the lyric as like oh like mommy is cheating on dad with santa claus and it's actually right. no that's your dad in a santa outfit dude <laughs> right um but it's funny that uh that a lot of people misconstrue that i didn't know that mm-hmm. i always thought mom was cheating with cheating santa, with santa. <laughs> no yeah, yeah yeah that's literally what i thought it was about <laughs> no it's about a dad dressed as santa claus oh yeah. mm-hmm. well a little less dramatic <laughs> damn <laughs> Um, but yeah, even to me, like Santa baby is just like an entertainment kind of song. Oh yeah. Um, That's, that's like borderline. Um, oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, it's risque, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, starts with a B. Uh, That's a certain type of like dancing burlesque burlesque. God, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it strikes me as like a burlesque song. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You know? I love Just, Eartha Kitt, though. Mm, oh, yeah, Eartha Kitt. <laughs> the amazing. Emperor's New Groove was amazing. Oh, dude. Crack yes. for the lever. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong lever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Classic. Um, and then obviously Blue Christmas by Elvis, I also kind of put into this category because it's just so. No, 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 it's just very Elvis you know what I mean it's just totally entertainment it's really not about hardly anything but you know yeah um, and then I also noticed um, kind of looking through a bunch of Christmas songs Mm. like activism kind of more starting in the like early 70s Mm -hmm. um, with like the Vietnam War um, oh yeah you know, John Lennon's War is Over. I love that song. Um, I covered that song when I was like 15 years old. It's on YouTube. Oh, wow. It's so cheesy. I did all the instruments in my basement. <laughs> I love it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, please. Yeah, I'd love to um, see it. 
<laughs> I'm so little. I watched it the other day because it came up in my memories. And I was How like, old were oh. you? Like 12, 14? No, I was probably 14, actually. Mm. Yeah. I I think I was maybe ninth grade, probably eighth grade. Ah, okay. I honestly don't remember. It was somewhere in that range. <laughs> um, so uh, that one's huge, obviously, and it definitely had a, you know, war is over is in the name. So <laughs> right, <It had laughs> happy Christmas, war is over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then kind of the band aid thing later, like, do they know it's Christmas? Um. Mm-hmm. which was written by Bob Geldof mm-hmm. and Midyear. It was to raise money for the famine in Ethiopia. But ah. you know that one. It's mm-hmm. Christmas. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. Can't say I do know that one. Really? I mean, I might have heard it, but. Oh, you've definitely heard it. I'm sure. If you've I ever probably, listened to Christmas radio for longer than an hour, it's probably I, come up. I don't know if I mean, I, when, <laughs> honestly, I'm not sure if I have like really if, if I've heard it like it would have either just been like a quick snippet of it on NPR, which is like the only actual radio station I do listen to. Or it would have been. Um, oh, my gosh, you're such a grown up. <sighs> I'm old. Um, Look at you. Listening to National Public Radio. It's good shit. This is um, Lois Reicher. <laughs> right, sis. Get it How right. do you say her name? I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, usually voice. like, oh yeah. Well, I think it's like a, um, like a medical thing actually. Oh, um, well now I, I feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> so how do you say her name? Right, sis. Right, sis. Yeah. Right, sis. Okay. Um, that's how she says it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, usually when I'm listening to Christmas music, it's like, it's almost always like a jazz playlist um, on Spotify these days. Like again, that's, that's such it. a grown up thing. I mean, I'm it's literally, very needy for sure. I'm literally over here like, all I want for Christmas is my two. Oh, see, like I can't stand that song. I fucking hate that song so much. Oh, <laughs> I really do. I mean, I nobody can't. likes it. There's just you do. <laughs> I really don't. That's the point. I listen mm. to a lot of stuff I don't really like. <laughs> Well, maybe that's where we differ. <laughs> yeah, I listen to all kinds of stuff. I mean, Just I listen for, to a lot of stuff, but I, for I usually like For the sake of like listening it. to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously kind of the point is there's all kinds of Christmas songs, but generally, um, like for a musical analysis, it kind of all starts with kind of the jazz theme. And then obviously as more styles become prominent, it kind of shifts um Mm -hmm. you know um so let's jump into the musical analysis sure shall we we shall so um kind of going back to that study i was talking about with the berkeley musicologist Mm -hmm. he also found a lot of other things that i think are worth mentioning off the top for Mm -hmm. a musical analysis so 95 percent of the songs that were in the top 78 christmas songs were in a Mm -hmm. major key which is pretty obvious. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that make that tracks. And for our listeners that really aren't that musically inclined yet, but you will be in a mm. few more seasons of this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, major keys are basically happy keys. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's generally what kind of people associate with that with. So obviously Christmas songs, like we were saying, you want to avoid sadness. So <clears throat> generally, I mean, it kind of depends. Yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> Meg's favorite song is that 
I'm going to butcher the name, but it's like Good King Winslow. <laughs> Good King Winslow. You know what I'm talking about. Negative, dog. <laughs> oh, come on. You know that song. I can't say it right. <laughs> yes, you do. No, okay, I really I'll don't. Si- I'll si- no, I, I know you say you don't, but you know the melody for sure. Okay. It's like a traditional Christmas song, like old, old. And it's in a minor key. So, um, it's kind I mean, of maybe, and I don't know. We or like care of the bells. That's in a minor key. Bum, that, of course I know. Bum, yeah. Bum, I did a cover of that. Yeah. Oh, you know that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who the fuck doesn't know that one? That's way more epic than whatever one you just listed. <laughs> no, it's not. You would know it. I just can't pronounce it right. Cause I'm dumb. Mm. It's like good King. There's a lot of C's and a lot of S's. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, 90% of the songs in that 78 song list um, were in 4-4 time, Mm. which is pretty interesting. Uh, Most of them had a straight beat, but a big portion of them, a little bit more than a third, had a swing beat, which I think is kind of goes back to the jazz thing. Um, Yeah, because I mean, people were writing Christmas songs before jazz was a thing, but considering that jazz has only been really a thing for like, a hundred years. Um, right. That's pretty, pretty cool that like a third of the songs are swung. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, what we're talking about, like with the, um, with the forties and fifties, like that mm-hmm. really, you know, most people kind of think of Christmas songs being that at least mm-hmm. like old Christmas songs that aren't like hymns or, um, you know, choral arrangements. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um this is not that surprising, but sixty-eight percent of them had a male vocal. The patriarchy. <laughs> it <laughs> probably true. goes to that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think also there is something about Christmas, and I would I kind of want your opinion on this. It does seem more like with female Christmas songs, they're usually more like quirky or um you know what i mean like santa baby or all i want for mm-hmm. christmas is you or they're not really necessarily as serious as a lot of the male christmas songs and that's yeah. probably a generalization but i'm just thinking like in general um i think that that's true <laughs> um for some reason the females have been assigned um kind of the goofy song the whimsy yeah like rocking Um, around the christmas tree (laughs) yeah well it's funny i I wonder i wonder if because i don't know i'm just gonna spitball here but i feel Mm -hmm. like christmas is in a lot of ways a very masculine um themed holiday i mean with santa claus father christmas christ in general is biblically a male character like apparently you know um and yeah i don't know it just kind of has that like um somber male vibe to it if that makes sense i don't know if that really makes sense but no i i kind of was gonna say that but i kind of Mm. avoided saying like it's a it's a dude holiday but like it definitely is yeah i mean and like obviously you know I, I don't mean that in a negative way no, or in a I way know. that's like, oh, men should own Christmas. <laughs> but you well, know what they I do. mean? Like <laughs> they do, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, and obviously there, there's other reasons too, just when it comes to like the, 
the marketing and monopolization of 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 Christmas and commercialization, I should say. Um, yeah. You know, most big companies, at least especially back then, were owned by men, run by men, you know, so there's just going to be a lot of male, uh, totally. male influence in that. And I mean, so. I think a big part of that is... Um, kind of the time period again mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that Christmas sure. kind of nostalgically takes us back to. It's like a super conservative 1950s culture. Yep. Um, even looking at movies, because I was watching Christmas movies. Well, I kind of always watch them, but I was watching <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> the other day. And it actually, surprisingly, the woman in the movie, the mom, is mm-hmm. a badass orchestrator of the Macy's Christmas parade, Mm. which is pretty rare for that time. But the hero of the movie is Santa and the guy that has been flirting with her, the whole movie gets the girl. And so that's kind of, so even a movie that kind of was a little forward thinking and empowering is still, you know, kind of in that, that genre. Um, And even, you know, the goofier movies, um, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, like it's Mm -hmm. still very, mom dad daughter son you know good old fashioned family christmas yeah for sure so i mean it's definitely you know it's definitely um even if it's not obvious it's there yeah for sure um i have not seen a christmas movie yet um which i'm sure they exist but with like an lgbt like a transgender aunt and like a divorced mom, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I mean like I'm, it's not. I'm sure. I'm sure something like that exists in some media form. It could be a show, um, right? You know, maybe not a movie. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, my my probably my favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story, and that's again the you know 19. I mean, I think it takes place in the 30s or the 40s, but yeah, um, I think yeah. But you know, sure. I mean, it's got that you know traditional family thing going on. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe 50s because they did have TVs in the movie. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they did. No, they did not. They didn't have TVs in the movie? They listened to the radio, Little Orphan Annie, that whole Oh, yeah. That's how he heard that. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking it was a commercial, but you're right. It was a radio thing. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You're Um, right. So, yeah. uh, I mean, same idea. You mm-hmm. know, dad's pissed at the furnace. Mom's <laughs> trying to cook the turkey. You know, it's just like, it's definitely a traditional kind of family thing. But it, but they do have their own take on it, which is interesting. And and um, I will say the sequel for that movie that came out like last year mm-hmm. or whatever, finally with the same, uh, some of the same actors, mm-hmm. uh, really good. I like, haven't seen it. It's really good. Like okay, I was surprised. I, I I really worried that it would be bad, and then I found out that it'd be the same actor. So I had a little hope, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is actually, it's really good." I mean, it's a Christmas movie. It's you know a little cheesy here and there for sure, right. but like considering, um, you know where we are and where the era that it came from and the era that it was kind of like filmed to, um, you know, reminisce on, uh. It's really good. It's really good, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'll check have it to out. check it out. I mean, a side mm-hmm. note, actually, I think the um, character that played Ralphie is now like, he's produced a lot of stuff. He kind of moved into mm-hmm. production. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also been in a lot of Christmas movies, just as like a little cameo. 
Really? I didn't like, know that. Like in Elf, he's like the elf. Oh my gosh. You're right. He's the blue eyed elf that's like, yeah. you know, if he doesn't know he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in yeah, that yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in a bunch, actually. I kind of see yeah. him sporadically in Christmas movies, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. But yeah, I mean, and also 10 of the songs in that study were literally Michael Bublé songs. <laughs> Ten, that tracks. That which tracks. is not surprising because it's that classic Christmas sound. He's crooning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it has yeah. the full orchestra. It's literally a Frank Sinatra kind of <laughs> vibe for totally. sure. He's not even subtly doing it. Like no. It's pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then kind of to swing into stuff... 49% of the songs featured sleigh bells. Yep. Which I'm not gets us into Christmas production. <laughs> <laughs> sleigh bells. You have to have them. Yep. I mean, you don't have to have them. 49% had them, but you can pretty much take any song and make it a Christmas song if you add sleigh bells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could take it- Dinner Sandman and be like, Ching, 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 ching in the back. And you're like, oh, it's a Christmas song. Kids trying to go to sleep and wait for Santa. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so true, though. I mean, even even when when songs occasionally use sleigh bells that aren't Christmas songs, like I immediately think like, is this actually a Christmas song? (laughs) You know, right? like it's to the point where probably like most uh, aware producers would be like, no, we can't put sleigh bells on this unless you're making this a Christmas song. Well, (laughs) it's literally called sleigh bells. Right. When you hear yeah. sleigh, what do you think of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it would be really cool to hear like a, a metal Christmas song and it's spelled S-L-E-A-Y. Like sleigh bells. Well, we're going to have to make like it. Brutal. Yeah. If anybody's anyway. going to make it, it's going to be us. <laughs> <laughs> Just for funs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that would actually be really funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, and a lot of songs from that period use tubli- uh Tubular bells, which is kind of what I was doing earlier. The ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, mm-hmm. dong, ding, dong. Right. Um, and there's a lot of um, string arrangements and horns, um, you know, just kind of like traditional orchestral elements. And a lot of them use like choirs or at the very least, like several backup singers um, yeah. just to kind of fill out the production. Um, and I know you were saying before... Um, before the podcast today that you hate children and particularly (laughs) you hate children's choirs. Um, Wow. You hate Um, children in the choir form. (laughs) I, first of all, do not hate children. Uh, I work with them every day. So I think children are great. Um, But I, yes, I, I do not like children's choirs. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I don't mean to offend anybody who has a child in a choir or who does enjoy that thing. Um, it's just, for me, it's too much high end, too brittle, too pitchy. I don't know. It's just like, it kind of grates on me. And, um, and I'm just not a fan for sure. Like I I can see the appeal for some people. Um, I'm not going to run from the room if a children's choir comes on, but if it goes on for more than five minutes, I might start to kind of uh, walk towards the door, <laughs> make your way. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, I, I'm sure there are other people that feel the same way. And, and obviously like if it's your kid, um, you know, if I had a kid and they were singing in a choir, like I'd be proud of them and I'd be there to support them, whatever. But 
if I don't have to be there and I don't have to listen to it, I'm not gonna for sure. <laughs> it's not my thing. No, I definitely get it. What other production elements would you say are really prevalent in some of your favorite Christmas songs? Um, some of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, well, I mean, honestly, like I said, I, I tend to enjoy, uh, enjoy the more laid back, like jazzy, um, jazz influenced rather like Christmas tunes. Um, so a lot of it's pretty simple arrangements. I mean, it'll be like bass drums, keys, maybe, um, vocals occasionally, um, maybe some saxophone here and there, but, um, generally for, for me, I, I like the simpler arrangements, um, for that stuff. But, you know, I mean, traditionally, like you said, a lot of choir stuff, um, backing vocals that, you know, stacking harmonies and stuff like that. Um, I also think that there's a lot of brass, um, and stuff that you'll hear in like the kind of the bigger, more, um, in your face tunes, um, you know, especially maybe if they're like, like symphonic style, um, you'll have like symphonic brass and, um, oboes and clarinets and flutes and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm not sure if I can think of anything that's like, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Traditional. Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, that's great. You have, um, oh gosh, it's definitely not one of my my favorite Christmas songs at all. I used to hate this song. And I've sort of come around on it because of the quirkiness and because it almost feels like, like intentionally a joke, um, whether or not it was, I don't know, but, um, the Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, you don't like that one? No, I fucking hate it. Well, okay. I used to hate it. I used to hate it. I, like I said, I kind of like it a little more now because it is so quirky and it's just like, it it really does feel like Paul was just kind of trolling a little bit, but I'm not sure if it was that like that the case at the time, but like um, the use of synths in that is pretty cool because um, mm-hmm. it definitely has like like its early synth sounds. So they're not great, but they're kind of unique in their own way. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that one is is a love hate relationship. Yeah. I mean, so let's jump into let's get more musically analytical here. Sure. In our analysis. Uh, let's jump into harmony. So mm-hmm. I think personally, the secret to the Christmassy sound is diminished chords. Oh, totally. Totally. Like that's the that's the key. And actually, I read this article. It was put together by Slate and um, illustrated by Vox in a YouTube video. Uh, it basically says like um, the Christmas chord is a half diminished chord and it's the D minor seven flat five Ooh. to be exact. I can actually um, demonst- I can demonstrate that because I have my uh, I have my guitar set up for for this for this is the first time we're ever doing this actually, but uh, this one right. I Especially already feel you, like Christmas. You know, if you pair it with that kind of thing, it it creates tension. You know, and I think that's the secret. Yeah, yeah harmonic mm-hmm. tension for sure. Yeah, I think that's really important for, um, yeah, for, for this, you know, time, time of year, again, like we were talking about how there's like this kind of, um, feeling of, of balancing like happiness and, you know, the realities of adulthood and like pressures of adulthood, um, where that, that tension kind of is almost, it's needed, you know, because then the release feels so fucking good. 
For sure. And I mean, one example of the harmonic tension that kind of came to mind for me is that Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Because mm. everybody knows that song, but the intro to that song is definitely like Christmas 101. We've got diminished, half diminished chords all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, you know, when people think of Christmas progressions, that's kind of where my mind's at. Yeah. Um, yeah but that- then there's also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say that's funny because that song, it's like it's become such a meme now. Like, yeah, you know, because like you have that intro where it's all kind of like just, you know, ad-lib, diamonds and ad lib. Yeah. And then the, you know, it is just like, it feels like you're being assaulted by Christmas. It literally is like epic Christmas free though. Yeah. That's not a word, but it's Christmas. It's, What's a good word for that? It's like a Christmas assault. It's Christmas E or I don't know. No, Christmas assault's of, good. I like that. I'll have to think of a word. <laughs> but yeah. And I mean, so kind of looking past that, there's also mm-hmm. a large portion of Christmas songs that really just use traditional jazz progressions. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier, like two, five, one progressions, um, which is kind of the standard jazz progression. Yeah, we've um, we've talked about those before a little bit in the podcast, but again, for the listener who may not be familiar with it, that's this one. It's just yep. got that kind of, you know, again, tension and release kind of circles you around to um to the root. Yeah, and then one that I found um that is pretty Christmas sounding, Christmassy sounding to me kind of uses the circle of fifths, which for those that don't know, circle of fifths is basically like a visual representation of how the 12 keys of Western music are related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know more about that, you can probably check out a music video or we may do a podcast episode on that specifically. But um, one progression I found is a three, six major six, two, five, one. Oh, interesting. So three, so I'll put this in the key of G. Minor so three. we have a B, B minor seven and then major six. I'm guessing it's going to be a dominant and then minor two, five and one. So I feel Christmas. Yeah, for sure. I think that Christmas, it sounds... Baby. <laughs> It almost sounds kind of like the progression for um for simply having a wonderful Christmas. I could be wrong. I don't know. No, it does. Yeah. Um. Basically, just really um straightforward jazz progressions. We're not yeah. doing anything experimental here. <laughs> just no. like no, traditional jazz elements. Yeah. Um. And then also, uh, one thing I noticed is a lot of minor third intervals that create tritones, um, mm. in music. Which tritones are in kind of music history. They were known as the devils tone or the yeah. devil's note or interval however you want to look at it yeah um could you play a tritone yeah yeah so a tritone would sound like this yeah devilish but mm-hmm. when you throw that into um you know some of these jazz progressions that creates the dissonance that creates the harmonic tension mm-hmm. that creates the christmas songs <laughs> yeah for sure long definition I mean- there but if you're wanting to create a song and make it sound very traditionally Christmas, check out some of these elements. Um, adding any kind of tension or color to a simple kind of jazzy progression is going to make it automatically sound more like a traditional Christmas song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And then melody wise, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I would say for the most part, keep it major um, unless you're getting kind of experimental again. Um, But kind of going back to that article, what was it? How many songs were major? 95% 95% of the songs. Yeah. Wow. So, that's so crazy. So, I mean, kind of keep it in a major key if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, honestly, don't do anything that's like super complex to sing, because if you want it to be like a Christmas classic, most people are going to need to be able to sing it. Um, yeah. And that may be the reason why the Joni Mitchell River song didn't become the classic that it should have. Yeah. And it's funny because... I was just thinking back to Mariah Carey, like that's not an easy song to sing. I mean, it's definitely not like crazy, but it's fast moving. It's very wordy. Right. So it's funny that that one became a hit. But I mean, know? think about the melody. It's really not that complex the if you break it not, down. No, it's not. I don't want a lot for mm-hmm. Christmas. There is just one thing I need. You know, if you really yep. to break it down to like its true form, it's really not that complex. It's really just her doing runs all around the place that makes it hard. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, if you really look at it, you know, melody, uh, melody wise, it's not that bad. Yeah, um, that's, that's really true. That's a good point. That's yeah, good point. I mean, you know, I would say keep it major. That's a major melody, obviously. Mm-hmm. It sounded happy to the listeners that aren't super music. Anything it's literally that, an, uh, a major arpeggio. Da, da, right. da, da. Major right, seven. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that kind of sums up most like general Christmas songs. We could probably dive into some that are exceptions, but like yeah. as far as like general Christmas assault, <laughs> Christmas that, that kind of nails it. I love that. So before we go, Dustin, um, I wanted to kind of do like a brief, it, I don't want it to be long, but just mm-hmm. an analysis of like our favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be like super in depth, uh, but you know, I think people would love to know kind of our favorites and why we like them. So why don't you go first? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I definitely, you know, have a lot of, um, a lot of Christmas songs that I do enjoy, but I think for me, uh, honestly, the one that, the, the, the soundtrack that, that for me really, uh, encapsulates Christmas and, and every time, you know, this time of year comes around, I listen, um, to these songs. It's the, um, it's really the whole, uh, album for the Charlie Brown Christmas special with Vince Guaraldi, um, you know, being the, um, composer and the piano player. Um, and again, it kind of, you know, I think that's why I tend to like the simpler stuff because that is just keys, drums, and bass. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of jazz, um, influence, obviously. Um, it also has one of the things I don't like, which is children's choirs, but I usually don't listen to the vocal version. I listen to Fuck the instrumental, kids. Damn kids. <laughs> um, I listen to the <laughs> instrumental version. Um, but probably like out of all the songs from that special, it's Christmas time, obviously is, is kind of the one I think for me that, that I like to listen to and, and <clears> that I just really enjoy harmonically. Um, so what's cool about it, there's a lot of factors, um, and I'll, I'll demonstrate a few of them, uh, quickly in a second, but, um, there's a nice, uh, descending baseline kind of thing, which it's not exactly, um, a, uh, line cliche and line cliches, you know, they kind of have that, like, um, like that kind of thing. It's not really quite like that, but it's, it's reminiscent in, in some ways. 
Um, and then uh, it uses, a, I, I think, a harmonic major scale is kind of implied. Um, I'm probably overanalyzing it or maybe not analyzing it quite the, quite the right way, but um, even just the first two chords. So um, I, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is the original key, but I'm just doing it in the key of A because it's easier for me to play right now. Um, but it starts off with this A major seven chord, right? So you have this... Uh, that's that melody. Da, 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 da. So it's just walking down the, the arpeggio from the seventh to the five to the three um, with the, the one in the root there. And then they have that uh, second hit on the, on, the, um, on the third of the chord. And then what's really cool is it drops down to this G7 sharp 11, which Weird. I love. One of my favorite chords. Yeah. Uh, seven sharp 11s in general, I freaking love because they create this, um, this to me, it's like a, um, a bluesy whimsy, um, you know, cause Lydian scales kind of have that, that whimsical playful vibe to it, but the mm-hmm. flat seven that makes us a G seven and not a G major seven sharp 11. So this, you know, kind of makes it a little funkier, a little, it, it, it just hints at minor. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is the transition note from the first chord, which is this one. Duh, uh, duh. That one is, is the sharp 11 of the, or the sharp four, you know, of the G chord. Which makes then, sense on piano because he's makes, comping yeah. with his left hand and his right hand stays on the melody line. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then um, the, he goes to the um, uh, half step down here, which I really like. So there's that descending bass line again. So you have an, uh, again, in this key, you have an F sharp. Um, and it's a minor six because you have F sharp and you have um, D sharp and A and uh, C sharp. So one of my favorite minor chords in general is is the... Uh, minor six or or thirteen chord because um, it kind of has that Dorian vibe to it, and Dorian's you know probably my favorite scale just naturally because it's a great jam scale. Um, so we have you know and then and then and then they do this really cool um, um, diminished chord. Um, yep. So a seven. lot of tension. A lot of tension. Kinda a lot of tension with the we half steps. About. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Um, uh, whoops. Uh, and then. Um, ah, sorry. So right. near the end, right? So we have the F sharp down to an F and then a C sharp minor and then a C minor. So it's tons of half steps here. Right. Um, and then this is where it all turns around. We have the, which is a B minor seven, kind of like a sus thing going on. And then just and then an E major, right? E seven. So okay. there's your there's your five. So you have a two, five, one. Back to the da da da. And right. there's the jazz progression. And there's the jazz progression. The two five one. Right. So awesome. Um, so I love the tension. Um, like I said, very whimsical. Got the Lydian sound. Um, and you know, 
it feels more adult because it's that that combination of yay christmas is around i'm kind of happy because i see my family and i'm getting some time off but also like i'm stressed as fuck and you know right. the world is rough and life is tough so um i like that it's a little more real and i like that it's all communicated um without lyrics i mean it does have a lyrical version but like you can get that vibe without the lyrics and i'd love right. that so that's that's my kind of go-to that's awesome. favorite yeah yeah so my personal favorite is I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> I know that's not true. I'm just kidding. It's so my personal favorite is White Christmas. Yeah. Um, even though we were saying like, I hate to be a basic bitch because it is the best selling Christmas <laughs> song of all time. But I do think there's a reason for it. And I think it's all in the melody because the chord progression of this song is really not complex. It's not a not super jazzy has some dominant chords, some minor chords, and some major chords. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> like it's very standard, but the genius comes in and where it kind of gets that tension is from the melody itself. Yeah. So kind of taking the I, which starts on the three of the major yep. scale. And oh, I'm, it, I'm so glad you sang it in A again. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that's good. Am yep. Four, three, flat three, which would normally be over a minor chord. So mm -hmm. there's your tension. Three, four, and here comes your whimsical. Lydian, which is a sharp four. <laughs> or Lydian, five. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's got kind of the melody is what makes it all of those things. It's not the harmony underneath. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's genius about this song, because I think a lot of people, as soon as they hear um, dissonance and harmony, they're like, like you're standard person. But when the melody implies it, they're like, oh, OK, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's a smart no, it, way to really do is. harmonic tension. It is. Um, it is. To, it's just to play. Literally, it starts on a C major chord in the original key, but we'll do mm -hmm. it in A. Yeah. Like, just play an A major chord. Mm hmm. That doesn't sound like anything. But then when the melody, nah, 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 nah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, <laughs> right? which, that which flat really, three messes yeah, it up. <laughs> it really does. It kind of almost turns it into like a, a Hendrix chord. But right. what's interesting about it, right, is because even though this isn't happening in the bass, well, actually it does happen in the bass on some versions of the song, but probably on the original and the one that you're referring to, I don't know if this happens, but there is an implied bass movement that's mm -hmm. like a ghost based movement. So you could think of it as I'm dreaming of, of a, so you sure. have your little, uh, right. you know, half diminished or, or diminished seven. Well, uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Right. I guess it depends on which version you're listening to. Yeah. Um, but, it, but what's cool is that it's implied whether or not it's actually right. there, you know, I'm right, right, right. dreaming of a, of a white, and there's your two in the bass. Why and Christmas? So now you have a five. So again, it's a two five one tune, right? Which is pretty, yeah, pretty cool. It's it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we've just murdered you with a Christmas assault <laughs> of Christmas musical knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I just wanted to share with you that it's all the same shit. So. Yep. <laughs> Merry yep. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to your miserable lives. Um, <laughs> no, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was fun. Um, and um, we didn't do anything, you know, kind of Christmas related last year as far as music goes. So it was cool to, yeah, to have this conversation. 
So. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review and connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok at SDD Podcast. Each episode is also available in video format on YouTube. And don't forget. Have fun. Don't do too much. And it's going to happen. But hopefully some good things will happen this year for Christmas. Hopefully. You know. Merry Christmas, you, you filthy help. animals. Yeah, filthy animals. <laughs> and a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>